Hello, and thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Minister John Richard, and this podcast is an account of this week's Bible study. I pray that it blesses and strengthens you in Jesus' name. If you are looking for more of the Word or are searching for the notes that were used in this week's lesson, please feel free to check the links in the description. Enjoy the Bible study and be blessed. Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer just saying, thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for yet again another Friday to come before your throne of grace as a family and to learn just that much more about you, Father. Lord, I ask that you would sit me, Jr. the man down, and that you, O sovereign Lord, would rise up big inside of me, proclaiming your word of truth upon my lips. Father, speak to each and every one of our hearts in exactly the way that you know that we need you right now. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. <clears throat> All right, everybody. For a Bible study this week, there isn't necessarily a particular passage of scripture that I, I want to share with you guys, but more so a, a theme, a, a way of thinking, a way of just giving God more praise and thanks because he's so worthy and deserving of it and it uh it really stems from one of my favorite gospel songs i won't complain by reverend paul jones the the real i guess pushing factor for this message for this week uh it comes from the the simple idea that you know there are two ways that we can handle things in life, right? We can react to something and we can respond to something. A theme that we've been going over for, you know, most of this year and one that we'll probably keep going over until the good Lord really just switches things up for me. But the difference between reactions and responding are, you know, they're very evident. The reaction is based upon your emotions, how you feel, what's going on in the moment, the situation, what's been happening, etc. Right. But the response occurs when we take a step back and we allow the Lord to operate in our lives in that moment. Now, you may be asking yourself, well, what exactly does that mean? How does that look? Well, let's give a few simple examples. Somebody angers you. Somebody is, you know, pushing your buttons. Somebody just kind of makes you feel like you have your your back up against the wall, right? Well, the reaction, of course, is to get back at them, whether with equal levels of hostility, you plot and scheme in some way to get revenge or whatever. Regardless of what you choose to do, that's typically the reactionary standpoint of things, right? But the response. The response is quite the opposite. Somebody gets on your nerves, they anger you, frustrate you, whatever it is that they try to do to get on, you know, get on your bad side, right? Well, the response is what Jesus teaches us to do. If somebody slaps one cheek, you offer them the other. They do one thing, you, you know, you, you just, you go with the heavenly flow, we'll say, right? You, you make it to where that it's not about how you feel, but what you know would honor God in the situation. And so the song, I Won't Complain, it really sums up this idea, right? 
the the whole message of the song talks about the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, the the trials and tribulations that they've gone through. And regardless of what's happened, the songwriter says he won't complain. Correct. So what does that mean for your life and for mine? Well, let me give you the best two examples I possibly can. We all go through stuff, each and every one of us. And according to God's standard, we are nowhere near what perfect looks like, but we're striving for it, right? We have an endless goal that we can chase after with unlimited growth potential, unlimited progress, unlimited promotions, et cetera, right? We, we have the potential to just keep moving up the ladder with God. And the best two examples of a response and a reaction that you can see in our daily lives are when we complain and when we vent, right? Complaining is you fussing and arguing about a situation and going on and on and on and on and on. But honestly, at the end of the day, what does complaining do for us, right? It, when you think about it, complaining glorifies the situation. We, it's like we're giving it more power by complaining about it as if God can't and won't help you through the situation, change it outright, or keep you in something to help you grow, correct? That's how God operates. Everything he allows to happen in our lives, not things we put ourselves in, but things that he allows to occur. They're there to help us grow, right? So why complain? Now, instead, when we vent about stuff, right? Venting is a process of where we've been holding stuff in for a while and we've held it in for so long to where we get to a point to where it just it feels like we're about to explode. So a vent, when we talk about the things that we've been holding in, it's not us complaining, it's us releasing. Now, one of the most important lessons that Jesus teaches us in when we start reading between the lines of Scripture is that we are not equipped to deal with anything on our own. It's that's not how God designed us to be. We're not problem solvers. He is. We are not supposed to be looking for an answer when the answer, if we're saved, is already in our lives. His name is Jesus, right? So when we vent, it's to release the load. Now, if it sounds a little familiar, let me remind you, when Jesus was looking out and he, he made the call, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, mean you're tired and worn out. I'm going to give you rest, right? So when we vent, venting, especially amongst brothers and sisters, it's a form of coming back unto the Lord, right? We went out there on a mission and we got to another resting post. And now we've we've been through some things. We've seen some things, heard some things, experienced some things, a lot of which honestly never really agrees with us. So what do we do? Well, of course, we pray and we seek God for answers. But the number one thing that we can do is to shine light on a subject or subjects. Right. We shine light by bringing it to the light, by bringing it to God, by talking about it. When we allow God to be a part of the different areas or situations of our life, we respond to it. And the second we give God consent, well, 
what does our father do? He begins to be our father in that situation, our Lord, our guide, our teacher. And in a lot of cases, we ourselves end up stopping the process from occurring because sometimes we get a little too human. We get a little too stubborn. Sometimes pride can get in the way. Whatever thing may be stopping us in a lot of situations, it usually starts here because at every at the start of every day that God blesses us with. He gives us a choice to rise up in the spirit for that day. Something that um, for all of us here, I know granny has taught us that that each day we started to pray that the Lord would, you know, that we would crucify our flesh to the cross with him so that we would die on the cross with him, that we would, you know, just get rid of whatever carnal desires that lurk within this body of ours so that we would rise up in the power of Christ Jesus for that day. It's a daily thing that we have to do. That's why Jesus teaches us about daily bread. God has to daily give us spiritual rations for that day. But when we do it, regardless of what oopsie or uh-oh may occur, we've already taken authority over the situation, the situation being that day of life. That's a big situation when you think about it because you never know what's going to happen. But if you choose, and that's the big ringer here, we choose to let God be a part of it. Well, then he, as the wonderful father that he is, guides us through it. So when we go back to the song, which is the topic theme of this here scripture, of this here lesson, it's that what it's really translating to is regardless of what I've gone through, what I'm going through, what I may go through in the future, it doesn't matter how I look, how messed up I am at the moment, I'm not going to complain because at the end of the day, God not only can get me through it, he's getting me through it. The fact that I'm still here breathing, fighting through the situation, whatever it may be, means that I'm already on the path to getting better because I can choose to say, Lord, I know you got me. And it's really that simple. The song goes on and it talks about different things like how the Lord dried all of my tears away, how he turns the midnights into day. And we just begin to thank him, right? Because to thank the Lord is another form of praise. It's another form of worship, right? The, we're, we're taught that the Lord is worthy of all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And yes, he certainly is. Not just because of what he's already done or what he's doing currently or what he's going to do, but because he made all of our growth, our breakthroughs, he made it all possible where we took away the option from ourselves. We shot ourselves in the foot, every single one of us in the garden with Adam and Eve. But God, he had already made a way out of no way by becoming the way himself. That's why I love what the Bible teaches us about him, that, that out of his own mouth, he says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and will tack on light of the world. That no man gets to the father except through Jesus. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a life-changing process, right? 
to where each and every day where we improve and grow, that's another opportunity to let God show his light inside of us. And we know as ambassadors for Christ Jesus, the Lord, that when people see us, they shouldn't see you the person, but they, that they should see a reflection of who the living God is, right? Because when they see you, especially if somebody's known you for a while and they see real differences and change that, you know, isn't normally possible because honestly, it's not possible to change without God in your life. They say, how did you get there? How did you overcome? How did you stop that? Whatever it is. And you point them to Jesus because Jesus is the one that got me through. He's the one that made it possible. He's the one that turned the midnight in the day, that wiped all of my tears away, that kept me, that when I was on the brink of losing my mind, of thinking I would never be better than the my past, or that I was the culmination of my sins and my mistakes, that he said, no, you are justified because of my love. It's nothing that you did. It's nothing that you can do. It's simply because I love you. And so we God really doesn't give us too many or really any reasons at all to complain because he is the answer. If we let the source into every part of our life, well, we have everything that we need. Now, of course, easier said than done in a lot of cases. Some things are stressful. Some things we have to just tough it out. Right. The Lord told Paul when he asked him to remove the thorn from his side, that his grace was sufficient for him, that in his, that in our weaknesses, right, his power would be made perfect, meaning it would be shown off exactly how it needs to be shown off. That for the drug addict who struggled for 20, however many years, that when they finally found that man named Jesus, they were able to leave it high and dry. Or for those who go through something, and they progressively recover from the issue. Something and a lot of situations is unrecoverable, whether it's an addiction, whether it's an illness, whatever it may be. God gets the glory because then other people can see, hey, that isn't possible. But we know out of the Lord's own mouth that all things are possible through him. So where is the complaint? Where is it necessary? I understand venting about something. We all go through stuff. We all need to have a safe space to where we can get things off of our chest. That's that's true. That is absolutely 100 percent true. But what we don't need to make room for are complaints. Why would I glorify the situation when my God is greater than any and everything that I can go through in life? Why would I glorify? What's happening, the bad things, when I could just say, thank you, Lord. Don't you know that praise confuses the enemy? I mean, there's a whole song written about that. That when we give God praise in the midst of a situation, Satan scratches his head because it's like, why? I did this, I did that, I threw them off course, but yet they still praise you, God. Well, we have a Bible chocked full of good information. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a whole double for your trouble clause in there, right? Explicitly stating that when, here's the thing, when the Lord allows the enemy to do whatever in your life, right? I know it sounds crazy, but don't forget that the enemy is a lapdog and he belongs to God 
And he can only do things with God's express written consent that when God allows him to do something in your life, it's never to let him get the victory because he has no victory. He's lost from the beginning, but it is to further shame him, ridicule him, glorify God, help you grow and to realize that this enemy of ours, though we have one, honestly, isn't something that you really need to concern yourself with. Why? Because he's defeated. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He has not given us a spirit of anxiety. He has not given us a spirit of confusion. He has not given us a spirit of anything negative. Instead, he has given us his spirit, which is one of peace, of love, of joy, of strength, of overcoming, of miraculous, wonder-working power, of life, of second chances, of all of the above. That when the Lord himself teaches us how to pray, he tells us to pray and command things in his name. Now, there is a big difference between me saying, hey, will you, you know, go do this with me? Opposed from saying, hey, go do this with me, right? There's a big difference. If I say something simple, you know, hey, do you, you know, do you mind changing clothes and coming to the park with me? opposed to, hey, go change clothes and let's go to the park, right? There's a big difference. When we pray about a situation or a thing, are we asking the the situation to change? Like, am I saying, hey, do you mind stopping? Or am I telling it in Jesus name, you gotta go. That's the power God has given us, right? And even if you're not sure about what you're praying, well, let me tell you how to fix it. Pray what you feel you're praying in the situation. And then you follow it up with a very simple addition. But nevertheless, not as I will, Lord, let your will be done. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what I pray for, I want your will to be done, Father. Because when your will is done, again, I have no room to complain because you always cause the best things to happen. My favorite verse, let me bring it back up for you. In Jeremiah chapter 29, the Lord knows the plans that he has for you, right? See, and I heard a pastor say this earlier today, <clears throat> that God will tell you the end goal, right? But he won't tell you how you're going to get there. Why? Because in a lot of situations, if he says, hey, you got to go through X, Y, and Z to get here. And a lot of those cases, we'd probably say, you know what, God, keep it. But I'm grateful. That he doesn't tell me how I'm going to get there because that's the exciting part of life, right? We know we win because Jesus already paid it all. We know that we have an expected end to one day here. Well done, my good and faithful servant. If we've been saved and we're working toward the things that God has told us to work on. We know what the end is. If he's given you a vision of what you're supposed to do in life, you know you're going to do it one day. But you don't know how you're going to get there. And great, because thank you, Lord, I have plenty of those to give him for all the storms, the trials, the tribulations, the heartache, the headache, the stress, whatever it may be that I'm going to endure, because I already know the end. Does that make it easier to get through? No. But is it bearable? Absolutely. Why? Because you're never alone. The Lord Almighty is with you 100% of the time. He never sleeps. He never blinks. 
His watchful eye is always over you. He's taking care of you every second of every minute of every hour of every day. You have nothing to worry about. And then we have a community that we can lean on and rely on because God put us here for each other to do exactly that, to be an example of his love and human form. Someone that we could hug and talk to and lean our heads on and cry on a shoulder or whatever it is that we need to do. God has orchestrated everything down to the the very last decimal of that equation to make sure that we have everything that we need in order to be successful in this life. So once again, I say, what is the point of complaining when God has already legitimately orchestrated it all? So I simply leave you with this, my brothers and sisters. Let's not complain. You know, it's okay to vent. Get that stuff off your chest. Don't hold it in. Let it go. Shine the light on it. Decompress and let God replenish you. Okay. And in those situations, just think of God as a wonderful dose of Gatorade. He he will get the electrolytes back into your system and make you feel whole again. But let's stop complaining. Let's stop glorifying the situation. And instead, let's shift that energy back to God, who actually deserves the praise because he can fix it. He can get you through. He can heal you. He can push you through that door so you can get that breakthrough. He can be any and everything that you need him to be. And all you have to do is simply say, Lord, I'm available. Please have your way in my life. Heavenly Father, we come before you simply saying thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for yet again another opportunity to just learn that much more about you. God, we thank you that we don't have to complain because, Lord, you don't give us reason to do so. When has there ever been a a season, an issue, a situation, a trial, a storm, whatever it is in our lives where you've let us down? I can't even begin to try to imagine where you've let me down because you can't. It's not possible. You don't fail, God. Where we make mistakes, you come with correction. You come with grace. You come with mercy. You come with teaching. You come with edification. You come with breakthrough, Father, with strength, with power, with new opportunity, with wisdom, something that we cannot have without you. So, Father, we simply say thank you because you deserve it for all the things that you do for us for dealing with us day in and day out, that no matter how saved we get, we'll still always be too human in certain areas of our lives. But you never let that discount the work that you've done in us because you don't look at us and what we've done. You look at your son and the price he paid and the simple fact that his name is now written on our hearts, our minds, and our spirits. So for that, we say thank you, Lord. Father, I ask that you would bless all those who have heard what you had to say and that you would just strengthen us to keep growing, to keep embittering ourselves and to keep edifying one another in love, just as you have commanded us to do. So, Father, we say thank you. We love you. And we'll be sure to give your name all the praise, all the honor and all the glory, which you so rightly deserve. It's these things we thank you for. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey family, I pray the lesson has blessed you in some way, shape, form, or fashion today. Each week, we hold Bible study on Zoom, and it would be wonderful to share this experience with you. If something was said that resonated with you and you aren't a part of the family, 
I would like to open the invitation to join. I pray that the Lord blesses you in all of your endeavors and that you chase after the prize, which is Jesus. See you next week, God willing, and be blessed. <music>